You're listening to a podcast from 702. Three and six. 702. The car feature. Right, so this afternoon we're looking at car restoration and we're speaking to Paul Koski, who is the chair of the Vintage and Veteran Club of South Africa. Now, this is one club that has lots of experience in this. And if you've restored a car, really, I'd love to hear from you about what you encountered and what were the most challenging aspects of restoring a vehicle. And who knows, Paul and the club that he belongs to just might have an answer. They just might send you in the right direction, considering the sort of resources they've been able to uh, uh pull together uh, in the form of interest and skills um, that uh, have come together in this club. They are in um, Oakland here in Johannesburg. Good afternoon, Paul. Lovely to have you on the show. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so looking forward to just getting to grips with car restoration because lots of us have a daydream or two about owning a vintage car and taking our time with it and getting to a point where it is our pride and joy uh, and being able to fully enjoy it. So we'll get into some of the, the nuts and bolts of that experience in a bit. But I want to first understand your experience where your journey with car restoration started. Um, yeah, listen, I think my journey started off when I was a very small kid. I've always been fascinated by the old cars. Um, I don't think I ever missed an event involving, you know, vintages going back to the, the, the seventies. Um, I think I never really grew out of them. And of course, you know, over the years, eventually I, you know, I saw an old car, thought, you know, let me buy this thing. Let me go and fix it up, uh, do some tinkering. Um, and of course, you know, I, I soon discovered, even though I've got no technical experience myself, you know, a lot of these old cars, they're not the modern plastics of the day. Mm-hmm. They're mechanical. You know, it's principally, it's give it a good paint job. You can work on the engines. You can play around with them. You can strip them down. You can put them together and they work. Um, you know, and it's really, it's, it's not difficult. Even if you don't have the skills, you can certainly learn them and you certainly can find the skills. I mean, joining these clubs like the Vintage and Veteran Club, you've got, you know, I mean, there's 300 members there. You can be certain that more than 50% of them have the most unbelievable skills that go back decades. Yeah. Yeah. So are they uh, owners, mechanics? What what kind of skills and just individuals uh, form this 300? You know, it's right across the spectrum, you know, from literally from teenagers. I mean, we've got certain members that have actually been members for more than 55 years. Mm-hmm. They were the founder members in 1959. They're still going strong. They, they've got this core experience. Um, I mean, a lot of the old cars, I'm talking about, you know, you, you, if you start looking at, you know, what area of restoration do you want to play in? You can either play in the veteran space, you know, which is, let's call it up to 1910, 1911. You can play in the vintage space, which goes up to approximately the 20s. You can play in the post-vintage space, which goes up to the mid-30s, then the 40s. Then in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you can start to play in the classic space, oh. you know, which is more or less called the modernized cars. And all of these you know, you can find rusted wrecks, you can strip them down into nuts and bolts, you can build them up and all the expertise sit in, in our club. Wow. So when you say strip them down, literally what, every nut and bolt, every component laid out, mapped out to see its state. Am I having the right image here? Every single nut and bolt. Sure. You pull it apart and you rebuild it up. You put it together. Hopefully, you've got uh, no spares left over after you put it back together, <laughs> again, which is usually problematic. <laughs> and that's happened. You know, where does this 
part fit into it. Yes. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we take them down to, you know, bare bones, to bare metal, and we put them back together again. And I've been doing it now for years. Sure. It's you- a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's quite something taking a very old, rusted car, putting it together, firing up that engine, and let's call it a year or two years later, you take it for a drive. Mm. There's nothing better than that experience. Mm. Let's go to Seth. One of the, I'll give you... Uh, yes, do you want to complete that thought before we get to the lines? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, one of the cars that I actually did not start this restoration was actually started by Noel Fordred before me. Mm. This car, it was a 1909 vehicle. It was buried on a farm. It was excavated out of the ground. It was rebuilt. And 80 years later, it was on the road again from a, a buried vehicle because that's what they did on the farms. They buried old appliances and equipment. Oh, I see. And you said it took 18 years, one eight. No, 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 no. I said 80 years later, it was back on the road. Oh, 80 years later since it was buried. Oh, years goodness, later. Of course. <laughs> Only filmmakers uh, work on a project that long, I guess, apart from car restorers <laughs> working on a project for such a long time. Let's go to Seth in Irene. Hello, Seth. Hello, hello, good afternoon. Yes, welcome. Yes, I need, I need to ask Paul some, a question, some questions. Mm. I, have, I have three classic cars. Wow. One is a 1956 Chevy Bel Air hardtop, which that means that it's got four doors, there are no pillars. The second one is a 1960 Impala four-door, also pillarless. And the third one is a 1964 Impala SS. Paul will know it's a, it's a two-door. The, the problem that I have, or the question that I have uh, to him is, does he know anybody that can align the doors, the align the doors and also align to, to the fenders and make sure that there are no gaps and all that, because that skill has left us in this country. And I have battled to find, and I'm, I, I want to be very meticulous on these cars because one spends money in restoration. But I find that I, I haven't found anybody that can align the door so that the lines are straight. Thank you for that. Uh, Seth, just stay there. Uh, Paul, um, how do you help him? Do you have uh, any kind of yes. direction Look, you can send him in? The only problem that Seth has got is going to be finding garages big enough to hold those cars. <laughs> the skills are there. Okay. <laughs> the skills are there, but he's got to have garages. Those are very big cars and they're beautiful cars, certainly. You know, yeah. uh, my advice to you, Seth, is to actually come and join our club. And, you know, we've got panel beaters that are on our, that we all use. Um, and as yeah. you, you, you're quite right, putting together the car is the core in, uh, I mean, look, obviously your paintwork, you're bringing the, 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 the metal down to base, the proper, um, uh, 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 you know, body work, the chrome work, the bright work is critical. And as you correctly said, the alignment, you've got to That's find right. a panel beater. And I mean, we've, we've actually got a number of panel beaters that definitely know how to put those cars together. In fact, the, okay. I am allowed to mention uh, uh, particular panel beaters. You know, you've got yeah. shield panel beaters um, out near the airport in uh, at Spinoni Industrial Extension. Mm. Now, if you go into his place, you'll find at least 50% of his cars are the kind of cars that you have. Mm. And he's, I know okay. he's been working on a Cadillac for, a, for a quite a long time, which was an absolute wreck of a vehicle. He's brought that car back to life. 
Right. What I, I was going to ask is to get Paul's details yes. so that after the after the show, then I can contact him and then he can mm. refer me to the right people because Paul will know they are fly by night in this in this industry. Mm. And and it it I have uh, I, I travel a lot to classic cars. I've been to classic cars in the in the state, mm-hmm. and I know it can be done if it if you have people that do it right the first time. Yes. So. I'm just asking if Paul can just give me his contact details so that after your show, I can be in contact with him, that we speak to the people that he recommends. Fantastic. Seth, just stay on the line and we will put you back to my producer who will give them to you. But also as we conclude our conversation later on with Paul, um, we will share those details for anyone else who's also listening. We're taking more of your calls as we talk about car restoration. What about uh, when you need to make certain parts or certain features of the vehicle? We'll take a break and answer that um, when we come back with the chair of the Vintage and Veteran Club of South Africa, Paul Koski, who's joining us this afternoon. If you've stored a vehicle clearly love to hear your experience um and if you are in the process of restoring one what has been the sweetest and what has been the most challenging aspect 702 the car feature it's nine minutes to uh, three o'clock. We've been chatting to uh, Paul Koski, who is the chair uh, uh, of uh, the Vintage and Veteran Club in South Africa. We're talking about car restoration, um, which can obviously be an amazing pastime. But Paul, something that Seth mentioned was skills. Um, what have you observed? Yes, you do have a, a good mix uh, of people, some great skills within the club. But are, is some of this know-how dying away when you think of the way current cars are assembled, how they're designed and made? You said the not-so-plastic cars earlier on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, look, the, you know, there is a concern that we are losing some of the skills. Uh, but I think your general base skills at a restoration level, mechanical level, are here. There's a lot of new people entering the marketplace that are developing these skills. So on the very technical side, that we've got the skills. In fact, one of the things that I've found is the best skill sets are actually sitting in private people's garages. You know, we've got these retired mechanics from, you know, SAA Technical that have their machine, their, their machine shops in their garages. And these skills are sitting there. You've got to find them um, and you, you can get anything done today. One of the things I'm doing is I'm busy remaking an engine from 1913. It's not just storing. I'm actually making an engine. And I found the skill in South Africa. Mm, so then there is restoring and there's making. What's the fundamental difference? And what have been the challenges with making a new engine? Yeah, making is a crazy way to go. Um, ideally, you want to take an old car, and you know the barriers to entry are very low. You can pick up a car for twenty thousand rand, thirty thousand rands, strip it down, rebuild it up, find the small parts, uh, regenerate or refurbish the small parts, put it together, and that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. If you're crazy like me, you start to remake parts. But you know that's for let's call it particularly rare cars. Uh, you know, we would we would do something like that. But ideally, you want to stay away from the remaking parts, but just continue with the restoring of parts. Okay, um, so that's a good guide then. So when we're looking, as you say, there is this uh, the, the barrier to entry is not as high as maybe the perception may be out there that, you know, this is for people with some deep pockets, but you can get something to restore and work on from about 20 grand um, as, as, um, as you've outlined. But... 
um, uh, the, 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 the question is the value afterwards, even what you have to put into it uh, in order for it to be restored. Look, you know, my one word of advice, if, if you're going to pick up a car, uh, restore it and anticipate it's going to have a huge amount of value, mm. generally it may not have it. You've got to choose your car very carefully. So if you decide to go something like a Jaguar or one of the rare Jaguars, you can put in 2,000 hours into it. At the end of the day, you may have significant, the car may be worth two or three million rands. Mm. If you take a, a car like a Mini or something very small, you could also put in the same 1,000 to 2,000 hours into it. You're not going to make money there. You know, one needs to be very cautious as to what type of car you, you get, how many hours you're going to put into it, yeah. and the money you're going to put into it. So if you're going to do a restoration from a point of an investment, I always say exercise caution. So rather just for passion, for interest, and as a hobby, just, you know, having something yes. to, to develop so that you develop yourself in that area. If you're going to do it yourself, um, it sounds like many of the restorers are doing it themselves. Maybe certain areas might be outsourced to somebody else. How easy is it? How easy is it to, to learn? What you need is the tools, the time, and the space. Okay. Um, as I, I'm, I classify myself as a permanent apprentice. You know, every day I learn, every day I think I know everything, I learn more. Uh, it's a journey, and it's a journey of learning. It depends what cause you, you want to restore. But uh, everything's there, everything's on the internet. You can buy parts. For example, the Model T Ford. There's 15 million Model T Fords were made. And it's still, I think, probably the sixth um, a largest selling vehicle in the world to this date. Wow. You can buy parts out of a catalog, you import it, you can do anything. Mm. So it's a question of tools, time and space. Mm -hmm. uh, do we have 3D printing entering the space at all? I have seen it. I have seen people do some parts like lamps, uh, uh, lights. I've seen it, but uh, not often. Most people generally prefer to take the real original parts, restore them, get them back on the car and off they go. Yes. And then generally... We try and keep the plastic off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess because you've built it up yourself, does it mean the general maintenance is uh, also easy to do? Um, probably, yes. You know, it depends on the car. You get some cars that are incredibly complicated and sophisticated and some cars that are very simple. Mm. So um, I think if you do it yourself, you generally know the car, you know the nuances and the quirks. And you'll, you'll be able to identify what's going wrong when something does go wrong because you've worked on it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then uh, patterns. Is there like a collection that gets sent, that gets shared uh, if someone has developed a pattern for a particular car? I guess also this speaks to the archiving and uh, somehow preserving the knowledge that's already been built. Exactly. You know, we do have all of these in our libraries. So, you know, one of the things we do as a, a vintage and veteran car club is we obviously keep as much of the history that we, you know, we, 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 we can get yeah. in order to assist people, you know, with the restoration of their vehicles. So I think the, the archives, the heritage, the preservation is a core element of what the club stands for. Okay. So as we conclude, Paul, um, how do people join? You invited Seth earlier on. Um, where do we find you? The on www.vintageandveteranclub.coza. Mm -hmm. Alternative, they can email email me on chairman at vvc.coza. All right, there we go. Um, you know, alternative, yeah, 
Um, I'll tell you, they, you know, I'll give you my number after the show. If they do phone in, they can call me as well. That's fine. Uh, so we'll leave that for off air in case somebody wants it. You can just give us a call, speak to Kabazela, who for, on forward that to you. Uh, but it is chairman at vvc.com if you want to contact my guest, Paul Koski, uh, directly. Thank you so much, Paul. I think this is something that you do with care, with love and, uh, over a, a period of time. So investing time <laughs> seems to be a key to getting it right. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's VVC. It's chairman at vvc.co.za. Oh, .co.za. Thanks for that correction. Okay. And that was uh, Paul Koski. That's how you get in touch with him.